Hi, and welcome to Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast. I'm your host, Davina Frederick, founder and CEO of Wealthy Woman Lawyer. Wealthy Woman Lawyer is a company that helps women law firm owners scale their law firm businesses from six to seven figures in gross annual revenue. We do that by sharing with you our nine-step framework for creating a profitable, sustainable, wealth-generating law firm business, and by guiding you through the process every step of the way. Learn more by visiting www.wealthywomanlawyer.com, by following us on Instagram at Wealthy Woman Lawyer, or by joining our free Facebook group. Today, I want to introduce our sponsor, Noble Marketing. Over the last four years, Noble Marketing has tracked more than 250 law firms and discovered 60 to 80% of new client calls were generated through Google My Business and Google Ads. Basically, you need to be on Google and Noble Marketing help. I recommend them because they have an incredible guarantee. Your campaign will be profitable in three months or less, or they will work for free for an additional three months. If they fail after a total of six months, they'll refund your entire investment, including ad spend. If you use more qualified leads, I encourage you to reach out to Ronnie Beaver at noblemarketing.co. Mention you heard about them here on the Wealth Woman Lawyer Podcast, and Noble Marketing will waive your setup fee, instantly saving you up to $2,500 or more. And now, on with our show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast. I'm your host, Davina Frederick, and I am so happy to have you here today. And I'm super happy to have a friend of mine and guest uh, that I'm going to introduce you to in a moment. Her name is Josie Harris Walton, and she's the owner and manager of the Walton Firm, where she manages the law firm's corporate and tax division. The Walton Firm is an Atlanta-based law firm with highly specialized tax and corporate law attorneys who handle cases regarding tax controversy, tax litigation, tax resolution disputes against the Internal Revenue Service and Georgia Department of Revenue, and corporate law needs strategically, thoroughly, and worry-free. I can't imagine a tax attorney that can guarantee worry-free, but you probably help your clients get there as close as they can get, right? Yes, definitely. (laughs) So Josie, I'm so happy to have you here today. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. So why don't you, I gave a brief introduction of your firm. I wanted everybody to get a sense of your practice area. You are a real unicorn uh, in your industry, aren't you? You are a black woman who is a, I mean, already statistically, there are not enough black women who are practicing law, but to be a tax attorney really puts you in an area where there are probably very few black women. So tell me, tell me, tell me about that. So, I mean, I, you know, I wanted to be an attorney even a tax attorney when I was seven years old. Well, attorney, but like, and then my mom is, a, she's an accountant. I tell everybody, she's a, she's a, she's a um, tax professional. So I've always been around taxes and things of that nature. So I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to do corporate. And then I, I, um, I joined a federal income tax class and I've been hooked ever since. I still do corporate work as well, but tax is my baby. So I love it. I enjoy it. Wow. And people are like, are you serious? I'm like, yes, I literally enjoy going through the code and kind of figuring out what's going to happen with the case. Um, and so it's really, I, you know, I know a lot of tax black tax attorneys, right? I have a group of it's, um, Atlanta Black Tax Association of Black Tax Attorneys, right? And it's about 10 of us. 
in that group. Wow. But nobody knows. Nobody knows at all <laughs> about it. So it's, it's like everybody's like, oh, my God, you're the first black tax attorney I've, I've met. Really? I'm like, really? I know a lot of them. And I have two friends who is one. One is in Florida and then one is in Alabama. So, yeah. Yeah, I a couple of them, but a lot of people don't. Yeah. So, yeah, I think statistically it's rare. Like, so, you know, but certainly it makes a lot of sense for you to, to know a lot of other a lot of other people who are doing what you're doing and yeah. especially other uh, people of color and women of color. But I think you're also rare among attorneys because of your love for taxes. Mm -hmm. I, know. <laughs> I would say that most attorneys I meet speak with, they're like taxes. Oh, my goodness. Oh my but uh, it's wonderful to have people like you who love taxes because the rest of us need people like you uh, to help us. Because if you're a business owner, you're going to be dealing with tax issues. And it is very, it's one of the most, uh, it, it's one thing that I see crop up again and again and again with small business owners, the, how they're trying to figure out how to be a business owner mm -hmm. and they forget about taxes and they're not really sure how to, um, how to navigate that. It feels so scary. It really so is. tell me what, tell me what it is like working with your clients and kind of how you serve your clients. Who's your ideal client? How do you serve them? And how do you help them sort of get through a, a tax problem or a free? Well, my ideal client right now, which has shifted is tax professional. So because of course I love tax professional because my mom was a tax professional that I moved kind of into the tax professional realm where I see that, you know, it was about maybe five or six years ago, I started getting tax professionals when it came to due diligence. Cause of course, you know, with the IRS tax professionals have a due diligence they have, they have to maintain regarding if they're filing certain, you know, tax returns. And so in getting certain, the clients are getting certain credits. So um, I kind of skimmed into that, started learning it and actually love the due diligence process of them. And then also I just love tax professionals anyway. And so they became my clients. So pretty much an ideal client is a tax professional um, on one spectrum, a tax professional who, you know, may want to understand the due diligence process or doesn't understand and stay in compliance. That's the main thing, staying in compliance with the IRS rules of what they're supposed to do on a tax return. And so right. that's kind of the ideal client that I've kind of skimmed towards a little bit. But if I'm going back to my um, business owners, it's mostly small business owners, probably between one and five million who may have a tax issue where they disagree with the IRS. They went to an audit or they, you know, a payroll issue. Um, you have no idea how many small businesses don't have any idea that they're supposed to actually file Georgia Department of Law Labor um, payroll, payroll taxes. They have no idea. And so I say, you you didn't know that it's like no nobody ever told me I was supposed to file this and so you know working with them and under having them understand those type of things is like my ideal client I just I love it and also I love litigating so if it's a litigation issue I want to be involved and oh, I've also wow. gotten PPs too so I'm I'm big on that as well I've gotten <laughs> um, I know right because I litigate and I, I have a criminal attorney who is awesome we partner together because of course. It's a it's the financial part of the PPP and then it's the criminal part of PPP. And so if they get in trouble, we both work together and try to help them as much as possible. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I I when you're talking about tax professionals, I find that so interesting because I think a lot of business owners probably think, well, I've got my CPA, there's my tax professional, and I don't need a tax attorney 
um, and a CPA, uh, how how common is it for CPAs to sort of seek out tax attorneys? It probably mu- happens much more than you know people who business owners think that that CPAs and other tax professionals have those relationships with tax attorneys. Tell us about that. So yeah, so I mean, I because I do have a lot of CPAs and tax professionals as my clients, on um, tax tax preparers as clients. They, they, you know, they have, like I said, they have due diligence issues or not even that. They really not sure what the law is on that. And they're saying, Josie, can you look at this correspondence they got from the IRS? Can you help me decipher what's the issue? What, you know, what I need to tell my client to do, you know, or not even that, just even them being able to say, hey, I can't litigate because I don't, you know, that's not what I do. I want to send it over to a tax attorney. I don't know any tax attorneys. So that's kind of where I've came in at where I'm saying, okay, I am the middle person between all of this. Let me be that person on the middle person. What we call ourselves is a scale because, you know, we use a scale. So we're the balance between the tax professional and the IRS because we balance them and tell them, hey, you should be, your client should be doing this or you should be doing that. So that's kind of the difference. And that's how my clients look at me as in, as a, another eye, because of course they know how to, they know how to prepare a return. But defending a return or defending either defending an issue, that's something they come to a tax attorney for. Right, right. And and the laws, you know, it's already complicated enough for lay people. And then you have people who work in that area. Even, you know, every time I go see my accountant every year, there's always changes in the law. Mm-hmm. And it really affects what we do and what we're not doing, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think you know, having that person there that can answer those legal questions for you so that you can keep up, so you can keep up on things and you can double check yourself before you tell the client something (laughs) is a wonderful idea. Now you actually have, you started a new business just helping other tax professionals, those tax preparers. Um, And it is like a, a, a hotline or a concierge service where you help them. It's a subscription based service. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that, kind of how that idea came to you? So because I represent so many tax professionals and I've seen that, you know, all of them say, you know what, Josie, if I just had you and if I knew this prior to going to the audit or prior to my client getting this um, audit or correspondence or whatever and having to go through all this process, I would have I would have been good. I would have I just had known the law and known what I needed to do on this issue. And so since I since I have that so much, I say, you know what? What about if I do like a, because I this is the thing, I work for H&R Block and I work for Legal Shield, which is, you know, Legal Shield is a subscription-based program. I work for one of the law firms and I work for HR Block. HR Block has exactly this. So if they have a, um, a franchisee or someone, franchisor who goes in and does the tax returns, they have questions, they have a back office to handle that. And I did, I, I was one of the first people who did that. And then I also, Legal Shield, I was like, oh, this would be so good for tax professionals. So I call it Tax Pros Concierge. So it's a concierge service where you can call a tax attorney and ask a question about either you or your client or anything that you have a question about regarding being a tax professional, even corporate. I've included corporate in there because a lot of people want to know about their corporations because they are small business owners as well. So they want to know about their, you know, what what they need to do, trademarking as well. I've, I've added that in there as well. So I'm building, I built a team of different tax professionals and corporate corporate attorneys all around the world, I'm building that team 
um, where they're going to be able to help me with it. And all you got to do, you can text, chat, message, a phone call, wow. whatever you need to do to be able to get your question answered. And you can upload correspondence and we'll review them for you. And it's a subscription based, it's a monthly subscription based. Um, um, so I call it concierge service because of hotel. So I named it. It's called the the penthouse, which is the higher, which is four ninety seven a month, and then I have the um, executive suite, which is two ninety seven a month. Then you have the standard for ninety seven a month for somebody who may just be starting out, but they need that service but cannot afford to be in a penthouse. They can actually still be in a standard and still get the same level of service. So that's right. kind of how it's going to work out. Yeah. So it's, it's became people are actually waiting. It starts November first. Um, oh, that's exciting. Yes. Mm hmm. That, that is super, super exciting. I'm happy for you. So uh, you. do you have, do you have your website up yet? Can we include that link in the show notes? It's on the, it's the, the Walton firm. If you go on there, it's just a service under me. So I've decided oh, okay. to service under me, under the Walton firm, because we still want to keep it illegal because we, that's what we do. I keep it under there. So yeah, it'll be, you can find out about the services. Just go into the Walton firm.com and go on the tax post concierge. And it'll tell you a little bit about our service and about us. Excellent. Excellent. I'm excited. So Let's, I'm, I'm excited for you. I think that's fantastic. So let's talk about your law firm and your law firm team. You have six people working with you now? About six. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you are an all, all black woman team, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So to further your unicorn status of loving taxes, loving to litigate about taxes, <laughs> being a black woman tax attorney, uh, you also have an all woman uh, law firm, which I absolutely love to see uh, mm -hmm. because, you know, I'm a champion for women law firm owners. So mm -hmm. I love to see that. Yeah, it uh, didn't it didn't have it. it, it oh, I didn't try to make it happen that way. It's just that I know so many amazing black um, women who do so many different things. And then with Tax Pros Concierge, it happened the same way because I did want to mail um, on the concierge team. Right. But end up I have three. Um, attorneys on that team, which is uh, one tax, one corporate, and then one is corporate and tax in my division here. And then, of course, we're looking out for other um, tax professionals as well. But it didn't happen like that. So now I'm adding those additional <laughs> three women to that to that team as well. So yeah, it's but yeah. I don't try to I don't really try to do that. I mean, it just happens like that because I know so many amazing um, black women that I love, and so I like wow. to really give to my community and help out. And that's kind of where it, it kind of happened. Yeah. So it sounds like you are highly attractive and attracting really great attorneys to work with you. So that's yeah. wonderful. Your mm -hmm. tell, tell us about, you started your law firm in 2020. Uh, but before that, give us kind of your journey to sort of, we know that you always wanted to be a tax attorney since you were a little kid, which that in itself, what little kid, I want to be a ballerina, a baseball player, or a tax attorney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah because I, like i said i always was working with my mom and she was preparing returns because she's an accountant and she was preparing returns and it's always helped so i thought i was like oh i just want to do that and not really knowing exactly what it was so i thought it was corporate i always thought it was a corporate you know being a corporate attorney i was like oh i'm going to work for coca-cola i'm going to do this 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 and it just didn't happen that way it happened where i actually started my own firm but prior to that of course i worked with um deming parker which is a, well, let's go back. So I have, of course, a law degree from Cumberland. Then I went, I decided that I was going to want to get taxed more. So I decided, okay, you know what? I'm going to, um, to get my LLM in taxation at DePaul. So I went to DePaul in Chicago. And then I worked for a nonprofit 
um, just kind of just wanting to un understand taxes. And a lot of people don't do that anymore, but I worked for free for almost a year with this nonprofit, helping them out with, they had the IRS issues with different clients and things like that. Then I went to Demi Parker, which is, uh, um, they are a the legal show, their corporate client. So I worked there, did corporate work for them and then came, went back to them and then I did, I built their, kind of built their tax division. And then after I found out I wasn't going to, you know, it probably like I wasn't going to make partner. <laughs> and that's what I wanted. That's all I've ever wanted was to make partner. I always wanted to be, no matter where I went, I always wanted to be a partner because I like being able to make these decisions. And so in 2020, I decided that I was going to open up my firm. I opened it up during um, uh, COVID, which is weird. Um, I already had the firm anyway, but I wasn't doing anything in it. And I decided, to, you know, I was like, I'm going full throne. I'm going to actually open it in 2020. That's exactly what I did. I went full service as a the Walton firm. Yes. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. And so tell us about kind of your growth journey since then. Did you hire people immediately or were you kind of on your by, by yourself for a while, a true solo? Mm, I was a true solo for almost a year. A true solo almost, yeah, almost a year, maybe even longer than that. I just actually hired, um, I hired my paralegal, which I, I took, I, I, I stole her from Deming. <laughs> you recruited, did, yeah. you recruited I, her. I, I, how about that? That's what I'm going to they, if, if they hear it, like, oh, you did, they, they say I stole it from, from them, but I recruited her. I didn't know she was looking. I recruited her from Deming. She was already, she used to be my assistant there. I recruited her. Then I hired a um, an assistant for us, and then I went on to hire an auditor, which you know on a contract basis, and then um, just kind of doing people contract as well, and then went on from there and just kind of start hiring people. And um, I'm actually looking for an assistant now, but because I, I, because it's getting too much for all of us now, but it's crazy. <laughs> but it's yeah, so. I didn't start off like that. I started off doing everything myself. And that's why I know how to do everything myself. Right. So, you know, anything happens, I know how to go back and do everything myself. Yeah. Right, right. And you, so you've grown very quickly because 2020, we're only in 2022. So you've grown pretty quickly. Um, yeah. And what do you think have been some of the, the challenges that the biggest challenge you have in sort of growing your firm? I think the biggest challenge for me is giving up the everything. I am a hands-on person. I'm type A. Um, and I, so I want to be able to be in, in everything and giving it up and letting somebody else handle all of that has been hard for me. That's been one of the hardest things for me because I still want to be able to go in because, you know, my paralegal now, she says, Josie, you don't need to answer your phones. You don't need to answer your calls. You don't need to, you need to make sure you tell clients to go back to your staff who hi. She she's on me all the time about that. But I'm and I I nurture my clients very well. I'm I'm really all into them. I, I, they say they say I baby them, but I feel like I nurture them. I nurture <laughs> them. So I want to be in everything. I when they when they call, I want to answer. And right now it's not happening because I'm traveling a lot right now and you know, with doing the tax professional thing. So it's been hard, but that's the hardest thing for me is giving up, like yeah. letting go of all that stuff and delegating. I don't know how to delegate. And that's been the hardest thing for me is delegating. Even after I have a team that I'm paying, I still don't know how to delegate the work to them, which is. You need to grab. I just sent an email out today. It's going out in about four minutes. So look, you're on my list. And I'll grab that. 
because you and I are on the same wavelength today because I just shared it. Uh, I have a brand new uh, kind of cheat sheet that I've created. It's called Delegation Secrets for Women Law Firm Owners Who Do Too Much. You so about you're going to get that today when you go check your email. So um, I must be uh, I must be reading your mind today. I know, um, right? That, but I do, I mean, that's the big challenge for a lot of women law firm owners. And I once had a coach tell me, and I have told this to people many, many times since, he says, Davina, you can control all the details. You certainly, that is your choice. If you want to do it, you can control all the details. He says, or you can have growth, but you cannot have them both. You cannot control all the details and grow at the same time. And I thought that was so powerful. I was like, okay, I get it now. <laughs> I get it now. I know. I, can you believe I still handle all my payroll? I no, I can't believe that. <laughs> I, I can't give it up. And and today somebody called me about payroll. I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to deal with payroll right now. And I was like, and then, you know, of course somebody says in my head, you should already been giving it up a long time ago, but I just haven't. I haven't given yeah. up my payroll yet. Yeah, yeah. 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 We definitely have to get you delegating more, but let's, <laughs> so you can, if we get you delegating more, think of the amount of mental and emotional space you'll have for these big ideas that you have. And, and growing that. So we'll, we'll get to that. But tell me what do you think is like one of the vital sort of lessons that you've learned so far along the way for those women law firm owners who are kind of coming up behind you mm-hmm. um, and let them learn from our mistakes, as I say. So is there some vital kind of gold nugget you can share that if you do it again, you do it differently or, or anything like that yet? I think, you know, honestly, I really think that I probably mine, I wouldn't have went in by myself. I would have, I would have, because I, I did, and I guess that I didn't talk about that part, but I did have a um in 2016, I opened up a firm with another friend and she decided she didn't want to practice law anymore. And I don't want to practice by myself. So I went back to work. And I, I wouldn't have did that. I would have stayed in 2016, I should have stayed the course and then maybe brought in another partner. Um, and I think that's one of the things I probably wouldn't do it by myself. If I could go back and do this all over again, I wouldn't have, did, did, you know, I wouldn't have did it by myself. I probably would have found an associate, brought that person in and then moved them up the rims of being partner because I never wanted to really do it by myself. It just happened like that. But that's kind of one of the nuggets because I, you know, my whole thing is, Josie, you can't do it all. You try, yeah. but you can't do it all. And that's one of the things that has been keeping me up all the times of the night is doing stuff by myself. Yeah, I've been telling I've been telling people you can have it all, but you cannot do it all. You can have it all, but you can't do it all. And I think I think women, high achieving women, often conflate the two. We think if I'm going to have it all, then I'm going to have to do it all. And we don't really realize that that's not what all that hard work that got you here is not going to be what gets you to the next level. So going to school, yes, that's a you thing going to college, going to law school, going to get your LLM, all that stuff is a you thing. But when you start to scale a business and you want to impact and serve more and more people, you really have to start thinking about how, you know, how are we, how can we get this done? And really who more powerful question is who's going to help me mm-hmm. get this done. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it can be hard for those of us who kind of got where we are on our own merit yeah, and we haven't been used to asking for help, right? Yeah, and you, 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 and you feel like you know what? If I gotta go and do it, my if they're gonna mess it up. I might as well just go and do it myself. But you gotta get, you gotta let people do that. You know, I've been people been on me about it. I've been, you know, but I just it's 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 still hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it takes a lot of it takes a lot of mindset shifts, you know, to get there. But it is like uh, 
it is like anything else. When you started law school, you didn't yet know how to think like a lawyer and they teach you that in law school. So when you came out of law school, you had a whole different mindset and then practice you grow more as you practice and you really yeah. learn how to apply to real world situations. So it's the same thing with a business. You, you, you don't magically just get the knowledge. You get the knowledge by doing and failing and doing, succeeding and doing and going, Oh no, I wish I hadn't have done that. And, and that's how you grow into the person mm-hmm. who can be the CEO of a, of a, a business, you know, which is you're on that journey and you're really, you're really jumping in with both feet too, especially since you're kind of starting this other piece of your business, which I think is really taking off already for you. So it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's that visionary and, and, the, and like the highest and best use of your time is to be that visionary, right? Cause you definitely mm-hmm. have a lot of energy and vision. I can tell for sure, for sure. Yeah. So all my clients lack because I'm, I'm a visionary. So I was like, okay, I'll just do, I'll just stay up all times of night. I'll sleep later just to make sure I get everything down for my clients. And I just, it's, I, I, I have to figure something out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, well, we will talk about that, but I want to talk. I also want to, I want to go back to the work that you do with your clients because give us, for those of us who don't sort of live in tax litigation world, tax controversy world, um, give us an idea of like some of the, some of the issues that your clients come to you with. So um, most of my issues are with the IRS. Um, I've been getting more of Georgia Department of Revenue lately, but most of the IRS. So most of the time with the small business, it happens where, of course, you know, 10% of clients are audited. Small business are audited. Schedule C's, maybe 1120 S's. I'm sorry, which are S corporations or C corporations. And so they are audited by the IRS just to verify they have all the documents, verify whatever they reported on their tax returns is actually valid. And they can substantiate it with documentation. So normally what happens with me, they come in, they say, hey, Josie, I need this. Um, they, they've been auditing me. They're asking me for all these documentation. I need you to verify I have everything I need. And I need you to represent me against the IRS to do that. Um, and so that's kind of where I started at. And then now I'm at the point where it's not litigation, where the IRS has said, no, that's not true. We feel like you did not substantiate. And now we're going to charge you this big fee. We're going to charge you this big tax fee and you have to pay it or you go to court. And so now I come in where they go into court. And so I'm litigating and saying, verifying, okay, wait a minute, is this correct or not? Is the IRS correct or not? Things like that, um, payroll issues. I, you know, I get those where someone may have um, not paid their payroll as an employer. As an employer, you're responsible for making sure that payroll has been paid to the employees and maybe the tax have been paid as well. So if you don't do that, then the IRS can do what they call a penalty, a civil penalty against you. And then I come in, we're trying to remove the penalty, trying to verify what happened, if there was actually an issue involved. And then I also have where I said PPP loans, um, criminal. I also do criminal t- tax as well because um, I work with a criminal attorney and we do criminal tax issues where a tax professional um, may have had a due diligence issue and it escalated to a criminal issue because they were actually, it was a fraud. And so now they are being indicted and they could actually possibly go to jail. And so we represent them as well. And then the PPP loans where, you know, individuals, small businesses got a PPP loan, PPP loan, maybe they're supposed to get all that money and we represent them as well. So that's kind of the the niches of, of my firm right now. I used to do 
um, what they call resolution, which was offering compromises, you know, some kind of resolution with the IRS. I don't handle those as much anymore. I actually have someone who handles those for me, a company that I work with very well who handles those for me. Um, Retag handling, which is some of the young ladies who are my auditor as well, they handle some of those um, issues. Yeah, yeah. So do you tend to be successful going up against the IRS in litigation? I, I think do a lot of people. Yeah, I was going to say, I think a lot of people would have the idea that like the IRS is Goliath and, you know, they wouldn't be very successful going up against them. Mm -hmm. Because the, the thing, my team is, we're so strategic about what we do. Like it starts with compliance, making sure the, the all the documents are correct for the IRS. I have a discovery department, which discovers, verify all the information, go out and get the um, tax code. And then I have an audit department, which audits all of the stuff that already been done and if we see that there is no way of winning, then I'm going to advise my client of that. I'm very transparent with my client. I'll say, look, we can settle. We can try to negotiate, but we're not going to win. If I'm going to court, that means I truly have done the research and everything and got to that point where we're saying, you are correct. We need to go to court and we need to defend this. And that's what happens. And when it happens like that, I'm usually right. Hey, sorry to interrupt. We'll get back to the episode in just a few seconds. While I have your attention, I wanted to be sure that you know about the Wealthy Woman Lawyer League. If you are a woman law firm owner on a mission to grow your law firm business into a wealth generating machine without working yourself into the ground to do it, then I invite you to check out the league. The league members meet each week to discuss law firm growth strategy, share practical tips and advice, and support each other in their growth journey. Plus, I'm there to help guide the conversation and provide laser coaching support. Also, you have access to my exclusive million-dollar law firm growth framework to learn everything you need to know to transform your solo or small law firm into a booming, thriving, profitable, and sustainable law firm business. We cover it all. Mindset, marketing and sales, systems, time, talent, and money mastery, all for one-tenth of what my private coaching clients pay to work with me. Get one additional client and you'll quickly make back your investment. Of course, we deliver a whole lot more than one new client. Be sure to check out all the details, including success stories from other women law firm owners just like you at www.wealthywomanlawyer.com slash league. And now back to our show. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you can work with clients all over the country, all over the United States and really all over the world if it's a ta if it's U.S. tax issue, right? Right. And That's then you cool. also do... Uh, anything that's state state tax related in Georgia then because that's where you're Georgia and, are, right? in Alabama because uh -huh, I'm Alabama I have a lot mm -hmm. okay. I have um, license in Alabama as well so Alabama and Georgia I normally handle those with um, Department of Revenue but if there's someone who has a um, state issue then I do try to find a, a tax attorney there and that's oh, in another I, state Mm, that's why I found so many tax attorneys because I've been you know I have to look <laughs> for them so that's why I have so many tax attorneys I know Cause I've looked yeah. Up. Yeah. Cause you've had to have build up that resource bank of people. Yeah. So, because I imagine if people have U S tax issues that a lot, oftentimes states sort of gets wrapped in there in some, in some way, like income tax, some states have state income tax. And so I imagine it gets complicated. Then it's where you sort of have to bring in somebody else. Right. Oh yeah. So with, with Georgia, like Vance's Georgia, which I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I have license here, but if the IRS audits you and they there and there is a um, tax liability for it because which means your your income went up which means now you have more taxes they send that down to Georgia 
And next thing you know, you're getting Georgia saying, hey, yeah, your income taxes went up for IRS. We want our money too. And so <laughs> you got to write us some documentation showing that you actually did all this. So it's a whole new, whole new audit that goes on. So yeah, and I, I, I imagine it happens in all states who have income taxes. It's making me have like an anxiety attack just <laughs> listening to you because it's always so big. My accountant just, he's, you know, we filed an extension and he's just gotten our personal return done and everything. And uh, yeah, the taxes every year, it's always, I, 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 my business manager talks to our accountant and I'm like, you guys have to get it together and then I'll do whatever. Yeah, exactly. But, because yeah. it is so, I, I, I hate dealing with it. And we just got an extension, I guess, here in Florida because of the flooding. Oh, yeah, uh, so much right. flooding that we've had. So we got yeah. an extension on that. But it's, it is, um, yeah, it's something that I, and, and I've had many, many conversations with women law firm owners who don't want to think about their taxes. They don't want to file tax. They start out and they don't, they're like, oh, I didn't know I was going to have to do this. And they delay in filing because they owe money. And I know one piece of advice is never skip filing. Even oh, if you no. owe money, you come up with a payment plan, but never skip filing. Never. No, because you're going to receive a, a non-filing penalty. And so that's the extra penalty on another penalty. And people don't realize like penalties, you get interest on penalties. I don't even know how you get interest on interest. I don't even know how that happened, but it's like compounded. And so that can be half of your, your tax liability. Debt is penalties and interest. And because of the fact that you don't file and you're non-filed, because, of course, if you don't file within three years, the IRS has the right to file for you. And they're going to file with no exemptions, no deductions, nothing like that. And then now you got to say, and you, you only have three years to file. So you got to now either take that up or, or see if you can file the returns and hopefully they accept it. So just I, I tell people never not file, no matter if you owe or not, never not file. And, you know, I have I have. um you know, women business owners who are my clients as well, or who have been my clients and I resolve issues for them. Yeah. Attorneys, yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think people think that attorneys, you know, would know all about tax law because they're attorneys, you know, the general public assumes attorneys know everything about every <laughs> area of law. <laughs> and really, if you're not, if that's not your area of practice, and uh, that's kind of why I call you a uni unicorn too, because there's so many people out there you know, you, you run into a lot of family law attorneys, a lot of estate planning attorneys, um, but especially among women. So um, so it's it's always good to have a good tax attorney friend, just like it's good to have a good employment law attorney friend, because yes. that's mm -hmm. not your area. Like, so if you're running your own law firm, you need these people in your pocket. Yeah. Um, if you, you ask me anything about other law, I would like, I don't know. Yeah, yes. somebody asks you about a divorce, all you know is the tax implications of it. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's it. All I know. That's all I know. Even with the state, because a lot of people think because a state and, and tax do go hand in hand, but I don't know that part of it. I know the implications of a state because I've been some estate issues where they had to bring me in about the tax implications. But other than that, I don't know anything about opening up a state, none of that stuff. Because my mom's like, aren't you going to do me a wheel? Mom, I don't know anything about a wheel. I don't know how to drop the wheel. <laughs> you, you know, we're going to have to find somebody to do that for you because I have no idea. Which uh -huh. about taxes? I got you. I can. Yeah, you're that. like you're like I could do a will for you, but I don't know if you want it. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be right. Uh, tell me about your. You do have a really strong sort of network that you built over time. Tell me kind of like what your marketing. If you say you had a marketing strategy or sort of a marketing method that has helped you grow your business, what kind of things do you do to market your business? Well. 
when I first started, I didn't do anything. It was just word of mouth, right? It was just word of mouth. And um, but now I, I really have hired a marketing team that helps a lot with social media, um, helps as well with um, they get me speaking engagements. Um, I've also um, retained someone for just helping me help, helping me build a group of people on social media. So mainly, I think that's what's been really a lot of that is social media. And then of course I started this, I started to speak a lot, but social media has been really good for me regarding the marketing. Yeah. What, what platforms do you like? I'm sorry. What platforms? What? YouTube, because I love to talk. So I always, I'm always putting a YouTube video out there or we started anyway. Like I got so many videos that didn't never go on YouTube because they just sit in my inbox somewhere. And then Facebook. I'm really good at Facebook. Um, LinkedIn, not as much, but I think YouTube and Facebook has been to me been the most successful for me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do think that I do think everybody has to kind of find where they're what they like to do and also where their clients hang out. So um a big mistake people make is trying to be everywhere and be everything to everybody. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, unless you have a team of people helping you, you can't do that, you know. Yeah. So for sure. Yeah. So it's it's been, I think hiring a marketing team really put me up there to where I needed to be at. I didn't, you know, because of course I was doing it by myself. Yeah. I was doing it on social media and I would I would do good really good for a whole month. And then next month you'll never see me. I would never know. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, this can't happen. I just can't keep doing this. So yeah. So but they have really been very good to me. Oh good, good, good. Anything else before we wrap up today? Is there anything uh, else that you want to leave our audience with? Some uh words of wisdom? Well you know, my words of wisdom is don't try not to do it by yourself, please. I, it, it, <laughs> Learn from so, you. <laughs> I know. Learn from me. I mean, really, because yeah. now, you know, but me doing, um, like I said, I, I do a lot right now. I'm, I'm headed to the the big, the biggest, the biggest boss conference in Houston, Texas, um, uh, starting then on Thursday. I'm speaking there on the tax panel. And then on I come back. I hum, I'm home for like Monday, Tuesday. I'm back. I'm going. I'm headed to Vegas for the National Association of Tax Professionals. And now that a lot of tax professionals, they do their classes like during this time. They they getting ready. They they redo all. They find out all about all the laws. They hire new people. And so I've been doing a lot of classes and stuff on speaking on due diligence for tax professionals. Now I have no other choice but to lean on other people because I'm never here. And if I want my clients, and you know, if I had done that in the beginning, I wouldn't have to come home and still be doing a lot of work, which I do, but I'm finally having to say, you know what, I have to let go because I'm never here and my clients need someone to be here. So at this point, I guess I'm going to hire an associate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're the reluctant grower, you're the reluctant uh CEO. <laughs> oh, yes. And, and you know, so, so that's my nugget is like... You know, I would, it's crazy. I always tell my clients, if you're already prepared, you don't have to worry about getting prepared. Um, Yeah, I wasn't prepared for all of this. I didn't know it was going to start off and just move like this. And now it has. And now I'm like, I'm not prepared for what happens with all my clients that I love so much. I got to make sure they still get what they need because the IRS and the Georgia Department of Revenue, everyone's still out there. And so I need to make sure that happens. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Always, and I really think that is a real motivator for growth too, is that we make commitments to people. We, we need to back it up. And that's where we really start to look at, am I 
physically capable of doing this. So there are only so many hours a day. I do have to sleep sometime. Right. Yeah. And that's really, I think, what pushes us oftentimes when we look, when we really love our clients and we really love to serve our clients. Yes. That's the thing that can really push us into growth because we know that we really want to serve them to a high standard of excellence. And also we could serve more people, right? Yeah. If we have a good team, right? We can impact more because you know, there are a lot of people out there who need your help. <laughs> I know. And you know, my whole thing is, is that am I going to find somebody who's a mini me? That's what I want. I want a mini me who knows everything, who knows like do, to do everything. <laughs> I want someone who's like I do, but I want a mini me, and I have I just haven't found that mini me yet, and and that's yeah. I'm struggling with that on because I want my clients to it's like it's me that's still sitting there with them because it's hard when you've gotten me and then you get something that may not be what you thought it was, and then I think that's hard for clients. So that's so yeah. I'm, I got I got I got to be able to pull you, away. From you're wanting that. the mini me, so. uh can I co- can I coach you through that real quick? Of course. <laughs> so I will tell I will just tell you this. If you get clear on your core values and you know what your core values are, what the core values of your firm are, and then you hire people who align with those core values, that's gonna get they're gonna have differences. They're not gonna be many use, they're gonna be them. But if they align with your core values, they're gonna help you provide that standard of service to your clients right and so then there and of course there is a educating the client along the way and expanding their mind that they're hiring a firm and they're hiring a team and that actually is good for them that works their benefit because then they're not sitting waiting for you to get back from vegas you know right so but core values are really the key to that mini me kind of thing that you're wanting when you figure out what your core values are what the firm's core values are and then you start really hiring around those core values, you're going to get those people that you're going to be like, oh my God, how they ever live without this person. Well, that's the reason why I'm going to hire you to coach me because I need that. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I, I'm saying it right here in front of everybody. I have no idea. <laughs> everybody hears that. it. It's it's recorded now. <laughs> it's recorded. Here you go. I got to hire her to, to teach, help me with my core values because I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Josie, thanks so much for being here today. I have had so much fun with you as I always do when we talk. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. And Thank I'm you. super excited for you and happy for your your team and all that you're doing, all your speaking engagements. And your new program is very exciting. So thanks for being here and sharing it. Oh, thank you so much for having me on here. I appreciate it so much. And I, I love what you do with women. I love what you're trying to do. And it's just so, it's inspiring. So keep doing what you're doing. And thank you so much. And like I said, we, yeah, you need to go ahead and send me. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Wealthy Woman Lawyer podcast. If you have, we invite you to leave us a review on your preferred podcast platform. The more five-star reviews we have, the more women law firm owners will be able to positively impact. Your thoughts and opinions are so important to us. If you are a woman law firm owner who wants to scale your law firm to a million dollars or more in gross annual revenue and do it in a way that's sustainable and feels good to you, then we invite you to join us in the Wealthy Woman Lawyer League. The League is a community of highly intelligent, goal-oriented, and driven women law firm owners who are excited to support one another on their journeys to becoming wealthy women lawyers. We'll be sharing so much in the League in the coming year including the exclusive million dollar law firm framework 
that until now, I've only shared with my private one-to-one clients. For more information and to join us, go now to www.wealthywomanlawyer.com slash lead. That's www.wealthywomanlawyer.com slash lead. League is spelled L-E-A-G-U-E. We look forward to seeing you soon in the league.